What's up, guys? Anthony, you look so awake. Father Anthony, you look so awake. I am I am so awake. We're recording at, it's now 10.40 p.m. Yeah. Now I'm a sleepy boy. In fact, in fact, um, just earlier today, I slept through Bible study. Oh my gosh. So it's been a long day. It's, uh, uh, I think I've just been partying too much. Uh, last um, Monday, so my new day off is Monday. Great. And a lot of my priest friends' day off is Monday. Mm -hmm. So we went uh, golfing, golfed uh, 18 holes, mm -hmm. and then we went uh, to this guy's place, and uh, the great Father Nick Vaskoff made a delicious, delicious dinner. Nice. And uh, so just, it was it was fun, but it's messed up my sleep schedule, which is messed up anyway. Well, you, you're, uh, but anyway, you go to bed early yeah, anyways, right? I try to, like around 10 usually. Yeah. Um, Not tonight. And if I... Not tonight. It's only 7.40 here. I just preached a killer homily. I am energized. I am pumped. You, you, you are so do energetic when we, when we record at night. You're so... I get like a good. second that's wind at, at night. It's it's wonderful. We should do it more often. We should. We should. We can do a whole new dynamic, like super happy, Father Harrison, super cranky, Father Anthony. Yeah, I think that's the, good content. As opposed to last week where I was like half asleep the entire podcast. You were dead. I was so dead last week. I'm not dead tonight. It's going to be great. And, yep. and we have, well, you know what, though? The nice thing is, the nice thing is, what? is that to lift you up in your weakness, to to be the Aaron to your Moses, lifting up your arms in battle, we have Producer Nick with us tonight. Yeah! <laughs> you shut the hell up, Nick. <laughs> you speak when spoken to, I... and not anymore. Do you Sorry, understand? <laughs> Do you understand the rules of this podcast? Yes, Father. Sorry, Father. <laughs> <laughs> Father Anthony's a real crank at night. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Note to self: Don't uh, go to confession to Father Anthony at ten o'clock at night. <laughs> There's very few times where that would be a thing that happens. <laughs> How are you doing, Nick? Nick? Welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you. That you're really good at welcoming people. It's the first time it's all three of yeah. us. Yeah, it's pretty neat. So today I got home from work and then I pulled weeds. Do you guys know how to pull weeds? Do priests know how to? Yeah, you ask a parishioner to do it, and they, they do it, right? Yeah. That's how it Nick, works, Nick, right? Look into your video screen and see these hands. Yes. You, know what, you know what these oh, hands were so made for? Good. You know what they were made for, Producer Nick? They were made for chalices, chalices not chalices. chalices. <laughs> They're so soft. Yep. <laughs> yep. It's... So why am I on the podcast today, guys? Because... Uh, it is. Do you want to say it, Father Anthony? Do you want me to say it? What? Go ahead. You, you, I, I, I'm really feeling your energy. Go All ahead. Right. Make the it announcement. It is the first year anniversary. Woo! Yay! <laughs> and uh, do it. The thing is, though, too. I think our, our format for tonight is going to be good because, like, you, Father Anthony, you're saying like you've your your schedules. You've been super busy. I've been super busy too. It's just like socializing nonstop, which is not a bad thing. But like I had, I had a priest friend from the. He's a, he's a, on the formation team at the seminary. He came out to visit me for five days. We had a great visit. Then on Saturday, I had some listeners of the podcast, friends of mine, come up to port during the day. I had a funeral and a burial, two separate events, different people. And then so Natalia and Claire came up for a brief visit, and then I had confessions and mass, and then. Other listeners of our podcast, also friends of mine from a young adult group at the cathedral when I was there, are Laura and Nadia and Michael and Magdalena were up. And, and wait, get so I brought them stickers, obviously, because I'm a good podcast host. Right. right? Absolutely. Wow. absolutely. And wow. um, okay. Michael put our sticker on his truck. 
wow. as a bumper sticker. He wants everyone to know about it. That's, That's pretty nice. nice, eh? So, yeah, we had yeah. so they were camping here for the weekend, so I went to see them. They had mass and stuff on Sundays, did some sick calls, and then I went up to Courtney to go visit some other friends and stay with another priest friend, and it's just been like, go, go, go. And then tomorrow, we, the reason we have to record tonight, yeah, I'm going to a concert tomorrow. A Whoa. concert? What kind of concert? I haven't been to a concert since I was like 17. I'm going to M- Mumford & Sons are playing in Vancouver. And I love, they're one of the few bands I love. They're playing in Vancouver. And so I am, I have to take a ferry tomorrow to Vancouver and go see them, stay overnight and come back on Thursday. Here's a question. Who is the first concert you've ever seen? Father Anthony? One second, I'm trying to remember. I remember. Okay. Well, well, to ensure we don't have, you know, dead space and to make producer Nick's life easier, I'll just say. I remember I was 16. And it was, I can't remember the exact name of like the event, but it was just one of those big multi-band events with like multiple stages at BC Play Stadium. And there was like, uh, like Offspring were there, Some 41, Smashing Pumpkins, Foo Fighters, oh, wow. uh, all these, all these bands were there. And I didn't smoke anything that night because I was a good teenager. <laughs> however, <laughs> however... Because BC Place Stadium at the time had his dome. So you're in there with 50,000 people. A lot of people smoking things they probably shouldn't be. And so when we left, I had to stop by McDonald's and get like four cheeseburgers, 20 chicken nuggets, <laughs> two fries. Because I had I was hungry, folks. <laughs> Not it was just okay, one so- it was just one giant hot box. It was the funniest thing ever. <laughs> So, yeah. So, uh, I had never we do not been to endorse drug use on on this, obviously. Oh right? no, of course no. not. Super um, no. So I, I I had never been to a concert when I was in seminary. Just never gone, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Matt Mar doesn't count, so I had never been to a concert. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I had told like my friends this, and they were shocked and appalled. And they said, "You know what? We're gonna make sure you go to a concert. You know, we're in DC. There'll be stuff near us. We'll go." Okay, so fine. So I'm in my room studying or praying, because that's all I did in seminary was study and pray. And someone walks by my room and says, hey, Anthony, you have to go to this concert with us. And I was like, yeah, what is it? And he goes, Vanessa Carlton. (laughs) Who's Vanessa Carlton? Making my way downtown. Never, no. Not ringing a bell. Really? Yeah, see, Nick did a great Because I want you. And I miss you. The thing is, when he said Vanessa Carlton, I said, Who's that? And he started doing exactly what producer Nick just did. I was like, Oh, okay. He said, I want to go with my buddy, but we can't just two guys go to a Vanessa Carlton concert it's just too much so like we, we, we need you to come to make it not awkward I was like okay fine <laughs> and let me tell you it changed my life oh. what do you mean it was a beautiful experience so it was really super chill did you We're cry all, uh, no actually I got a little teary eyed at some of the songs but that may have been because <laughs> I was drinking too much so it was in this like like little kind of hall like they're all tables it was very 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 chill it was just her and she had like a, a producer guy who would occasionally play violin and do some music mi- mixing stuff but we're just listening feeling emotions drinking and by the end I was gonna get a t-shirt from my buddy 
he is a large man. I was not in my right mind, and I bought him a women's small T-shirt <laughs> by mistake. <laughs> but he was outside having a cigarette, and uh, as he's outside, he hears someone goes, yeah, F the Catholic Church. So my buddy walks up to this gentleman and goes, hey, I'm a seminarian, and you said F Catholic Church. What's going on? You want to talk? And so I go out there in the middle of this conversation, and we're talking, and it was – by the end of the conversation, we had this guy who said F the Catholic Church at the beginning of the conversation praying for us at the end of the conversation. What? Wow. It was super cool, man. Nice. Nice. Yeah, so it was it was a beautiful experience. Uh, well, Nick, what was your first concert? Oh, man. I went to go see the illustrious, the immortal Rod the Bod Stewart. And let me tell you, <laughs> when he would shake his <laughs> hips, the 60-year-old women... In that concert venue, would go ah, like people were throwing roses on stage, and uh, man, did you throw? Never... Did you throw a rose on stage? Did I throw? No, I was I was up pretty high. Um, and what brought you to this I concert? With... I I like Rod Stewart a lot. I think he's talented. And, I see. Um, I so, think he's cool. Sadly, and pathetically, even. good music taste. <laughs> We've just learned that Father Harrison is cooler than both of us. Yes. Hey, <laughs> yeah. on, I've seen Meatloaf five times in concert. That doesn't make so. things better. <laughs> no, that does not doesn't make, make things, things better. better at all. <laughs> okay. That doesn't make things better. Be you know what does make things better? Listening to our podcast. That's right. Clerically speaking. That's right. Yay. And introduce the podcast, guys. Oh, that's right. I guess we are. So I'm Father Harrison. I'm Father Anthony. I'm producer Nick. Yeah, we're not used Good to job. we're not used to having to like introduce this late or like when you have a third person, it just throws off our whole rhythm. Mm -hmm. It throws off our this whole is why rhythm. we don't do it. But you want to know who sang in rhythm? Me. In Gregorian rhythm? Me. Saint Thomas Aquinas in the Summa Tweetologica. So to wake myself up as we do these uh, tweets and stuff, do you see this in front of me? Yep. See what, what is this that? is? What, is what that? does it look like? What does it look like? Tell the people what it, it looks like. It. I, I don't even know what it looks like. Gum. I have no idea. Oh, you I can... know what that is. What does it That's... look like? It's a little packet, right? Yeah. Listen to this. It looks like gum that you just snap and you <laughs> wrap around that, your uh, nose. Like, what are those things called? Like, the thing is sports... Smelling salts? Smelling salts, yeah. The, that, you know. A lot of different uh, sports players use. Yeah. Is it working? Yeah, it really um, – I was watching – back when I watched uh, hockey, because I was a really big hockey fan back in the day, Father Harrison, you know this. And we were watching the the, uh, <laughs> the Penguins sniff uh, smelling salts. Yeah. And <laughs> once again, I was hanging out with my friends, and I was like, you know what? I wonder if I can buy those on Amazon. And sure enough, for a pack of 100 of these bad boys, it's like 25 bucks. Nice. All right. Uh, so 
The Summa Theologica, with St. Thomas Aquinas' summary of theology, the Summa Tweetologica is our summary of things we found interesting on Twitter. I didn't even do that with a script. I did it from the top of my head. Yeah. Well, well, it's been like a year. I would hope you could do a good job. Well, the script's only like (laughs) half a year old. That's also true. All right. First up, friend of the show, at Tea with Tolkien. This is a great uh, uh, first year anniversary uh, tweet. The reason people don't like In-N-Out fries is because their palates have been ruined by the fall. If you were still in the midst of Eden, <laughs> you would recognize the purity, the wholesome beauty, the simple perfection of the In-N-Out fry. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> amen. Preach it, sister. Amen, amen. I say unto you, the fries of In-N-Out are good. They are Father very Harrison. good. Father Harrison, I want you to rank top five fast food fries. Okay. Uh-oh. Uh, ooh, okay. Get, get, wait, ah, you're throwing me on the spot here. Okay, I got three in my head. Okay, Four. top three, top three. Do okay, a top well, three. Let's, no, I, can do a, I can do a five. I can do a five. All right. Okay. Uh, number five, you guys don't have them in the States, A&W. They're not the greatest, but I'm just... They're, well, we have an A&W, like root beer. Yeah, but they also, they're also a fast food chain. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, number four, McDonald's good the problem is most of the time they're not at the hot level that makes them good right okay Ooh, spicy. uh number three new york fries it's a canadian fry chain i think they're in the states too i've seen them in the oh, states no one's gonna care about this list it's all canada new Keep fries. what okay <laughs> uh number two in and out fries they're very very good Ooh. but they're not the best fries i've ever had but yeah, I'm going. Hey, it's, I'm in Canada. You you asked me for a list. I'm giving you a list. All the Canadians, especially the BC people, will know what I'm talking about. Number one, the All best fries you will ever have in your life are from this BC chain called White Spot. Crisp and fluffy and amazing, and you cannot eat enough of them. Those are my top five fries. Wow. McDonald's fries are the best fries. They're this very is good. not a competition, uh, but it They're is. They're the best. No, but you're wrong. Anyone who says okay, and here's that the they thing. don't like McDonald's, wait, wait, before you go, I just have to okay. say this. Anyone who says I don't make don't like McDonald's or makes it a point to say McDonald's is gross, you're not a good person, and well, we can never be friends. But I'm not saying that. Your mother, but I'm not saying that. your mother has never made anything for dinner as good as McDonald's French fries. Good. Do you have any other Gaffigan jokes you want to use on the podcast? Oh, this, is that his? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. Well, we we need to stop hanging out. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the thing. I've had, first, I don't disagree with you. McDonald's is worth having. But Canadian McDonald's fries, better than American McDonald's fries. You're just making stuff up to be controversial. No, no, he's not. No, he's not. You you will see, Mm -hmm. you will try them, and you will see, and you will understand. Come and see, Father Anthony. Come and see. Have you ever had uh, McDonald's in Rome? Yes. Well, they, they have their French fries deep fried in like... Not a, an extra virgin yeah. olive oil, like a less, yeah. you know, a, a lighter olive yeah. oil. Delicious. delicious. Way better and than American. And what the best thing about having McDonald's in places like Rome, you're not eating North American food every day. So there's that little moment where you're just like, I just want a burger and fries. And you go to McDonald's yeah. and it is the greatest thing you've ever had in your life. Delicious. Delicious. I've got a tweet. Oh, Okay. It's written by at Papa Sharapa. Oh, that's me. I love this. This, this is can what we, you do. Can we kick him you, off? You, 
you come onto our podcast and you shamelessly self-promote like this, you disgust me. I'm okay with it. Okay, go ahead. Cool. So, at Papa Sharapa says, Hey Jude is my favorite Hootie and the Blowfish song. <laughs> you're a bad person. No, you're a bad person. You, you act like you're a nice person, but you're not. You just want to watch the world burn. Look, I'm sick of it. I'm look. sick of people thinking you're a good person. They need to know the truth. Why would you do that? Why would you put that on the internet? Shame on look, you. Shame on look. you for a thousand generations. Listen. Riley, Riley Listen. come get your mans. Come get your mans right now, Riley. Listen. No, no, no. So I think the Beatles are a great boy band up there with like 98 Degrees and the Backstreet Boys. Why, why I'm, here for this. I'm here for this. I'm here for this. They're very good, you know? Like, I, I love all those Beatles hits. They're just as good as Bye Bye Bye. Listen, listen, listen. I'm with we Nick all on this, actually. The, I'm with Nick. We, we, we all know the Beatles are a garbage band, but yes. you don't just say <laughs> stuff like that, you know? I, you, just, you can't say stuff like that because people are, are wrong and bad and sensitive. So when you say stuff like that, it's just not a nice thing to do. What do you got, Father Anthony? <laughs> what do I have? <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is from Saint. Oh, sis, I mean, hopefully soon, Saint. <laughs> well, not like too soon. Anyway, she's great. Sister Teresa Alethea. And she says, oh, please. No one is clutching a rosary because you're a goth. We are the original goths, but I'll say a rosary for you anyway. She's responding to a tweet, this um, goth account that says, be the reason why a nun clutches her rosary when you walk by. <laughs> and she just lays the smacketh down on this punk. Sisters are powerful, and don't don't come at them. Don't come and swing at the queens, because you're going to miss and look like a fool. Yeah. And um, what do I want to say? I, what I love about... Sister Sister Teresa, she's got a she's got a gumption to her that's just like she she takes crap from no one. And I love it. She she lo she loves all, but she suffers no fools. Exactly. And I think that is the path to holiness. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Yo, know, I it, it but yeah, no. I can't you can't even like comment on it because it's just such a perfect tweet. Mm -hmm. It is. It was beautiful. All right, we'll do one more. Nick, do you have another one of your tweets you want to read? No, I decided to pick someone else's. Oh. Okay. Whose? Um, okay, so this one is from at Carl Stuvek. Yay, and Carl! Carl, <sighs> Carl proposes a question. <laughs> Carl proposes a question. Um, what is Whitney Houston's favorite type of coordination? Don't do it. Don't do it. Hand eye! <laughs> <laughs> Get it? Hand-eye correlation. We'll always love you. Yeah, yeah. You just did that tweet just to do that, didn't you? So some background information. Because uh, I know Carl and his wife, Erin, very well. We're very, very good friends. And apparently yeah. Carl was supposed to be studying for, like, he's becoming a nurse anesthetist, which is a pretty important job. Right. But instead of, like, studying for whatever he's doing, he has this, like, daily email update of dad jokes. So he was, like, categorizing and sorting them, what he's going to use for later, what's not so good. He was spending, like, a half hour doing this instead of studying. So that's the fruit, <laughs> from that's which hilarious. is, I mean... You know, he's got Wonderful. priorities. I respect that. All right. This is from at Helmicky Mouse, Kyle Helmick. Who named it excommunicated and not Vatican canceled? 
<laughs> perfect. It, it's perfect. You know, it's, 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 the, the dad jokes on Twitter are, are fantastic. It, yeah, they, but that's too cool to be a, a dad joke. That's like actually funny. It is actually that, funny. Well, the, the thing is that Kyle is actually funny. He is actually on funny. Twitter. Wow. I wonder what that's like. I wonder what it's like to be funny in real life. <laughs> no, the the best the best compliment I've ever I, I'm a part time youth minister. The best compliment any of my teens have ever given me was like, Nick, you're like really close to being funny. I'm like, oh, <laughs> thank <laughs> you. Let me go cry to go to them. You know that the so the whole idea of being canceled. It's funny because I was talking with somebody that I saw this like funny YouTube video, and then he says, "Oh, sorry, but that guy was canceled." And I was like, oh, bummer. Like, it was a very solemn conversation, but we use, like, internet language for it. And I am amazed that more and more, even if no one's on Twitter, I will use, like, Twitter language yeah. out loud in real life. I, and I, actually, I actually used the phrase, own the libs, in a homily once. And I realized, <laughs> wow. and I realized none of the people in the parish would know what that phrase meant. <laughs> Not one. I bet they understood a little bit. Like, they could probably, from its context. Dude, if people picked up on context, then everyone would think my tweets are hilarious. Sure. Yeah. We'll, we'll go with that. We'll go with that. So, really, really funny. So, do we, do you have another one, Father Anthony, or are we going to move on? Uh, I'll do one more. Sure, do let's more. do a serious one. Yeah, because this is one of mine? No, not one of yours. You No. No. Uh, this is from uh, Pew Research Religion, oh, yeah. and um, yeah, among U.S. Catholics under the age 40, a quarter, 26%, believe the Catholic teaching that during the Mass, the bread and wine of communion actually become the body and blood of Christ. So only about 25% of Catholics going to Mass actually believe what is the source and summit of our faith, which is that bread and wine by the words of the priests, by the grace given to them yeah. by God, become the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ. So here, here is, been, here is, here is the interesting thing with that. Okay. Um, 63% attend mass weekly or more. Okay. But only now the, the, the ranges are not that different. So under, but then like uh, 40 to 59, only 27%. 60 or older 38 percent like the the ranges aren't aren't huge in fact most of them believe it's just a symbol like it, it's yeah it's well that's because we've been treating it like just a symbol for so for like 50 years i think but you know uh, this i've been thinking about this a lot because this has been my suspicion for a while that a lot of people that go to mass don't treat it right or don't actually believe no, don't. it's jesus christ just because by the way to handle it if you by the way, they handle it by the expressions I see on their faces, by people leaving early. I've I've suspected this for a long time, which is why, like, quite literally, and Nick can attest to this, in pretty much every homily I've given, even daily mass, for the last year, I have said that the Eucharist is the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ for this exact reason. Like, I say it every single homily. But it's a symbol, they'll say. No, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I think, it's really and truly is, his body. In symbolic yeah. way. Well, I think it's because if you are to believe that, the belief that that's really Jesus demands a change in your life. Yeah. And people would rather not deal with yeah. that. 
Like you have to radically change who you are. You have to repent. Are you listening, Nick? Yeah. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> what? Hey. Oh, good. And it's just so, easier to ignore that. It is. Nick, do you have any thoughts? Yeah. When did you guys first? When did you guys first believe that? I think I've, I've never not believed it. I don't think. No, but like, when's the first time you recognize? Like, you remember hearing it, or like, when were you taught it? I mean, I was taught it in CCD, and that's that's never been like like I've had other issues, but for me personally, that's never been a uh, a thing. Like, there was a time where I maybe believed it, but didn't care because I was twelve. But um, for me, you know, praise God, that hasn't been one of my struggles. Hmm. It's just been a belief that I've kind of increased in right. uh, as I've gotten older. So for me, I don't know. It's been. Yeah, for me it's. But I mean, to be, I mean, yeah, go ahead. I was, uh, for me, it was I. My conversion was in two thousand four, and I got like after that, like within a couple of months, I kind of came to understand what the Eucharist is, and I'm like, yeah, I started going adoration pretty quickly. So it's never been something I've since my conversion that I've disputed. Yeah, definitely when I, oh yeah, definitely when it ch- like changed my life was an experience in adoration where like the reality of it hit me right. and it became less of just mm-hmm. a mental mm-hmm. thing and more of something that like like I had felt and knew. So, when I was in second grade, the priest pointed at the tabernacle. This is in like CCD, right? Religious education, and he points at the tabernacle and says, "Jesus lives in there." And I remember thinking to myself. He must be really small. <laughs> what is this? A tabernacle for ants? <laughs> yeah, but I think it was like freshman year in high school when I had that aha moment, right. that experiential encounter with, with So Jesus. going back to, like, what I find interesting about the, those, those stats, too, though, if it's 60, it shows, again, this is actually proving my point that I said on Vatican II, that catechesis prior to the council was just as bad as it's been post-council go on well, look 38 percent believed prior to the council really is what they're saying 60 and older means they would have been catechized oh, true. prior to the council yeah. right only 38 percent of those people believe which tells me that either the catech and then when you're handing on the faith you're going to lose a few people along the way so like the numbers trickling down don't really surprise me um but I, it just shows me over and over again. It's like, oh my gosh, we did a horrible job prior to the council in catechizing yeah, and informing think, people in the faith. And it's just another proof of that. Yeah. And I don't disagree with that. I think that's a very good point. But also, you know, if for, you know, 40 years, yeah, it was de-emphasized and that's your experience of going to mass over and over again. Right. That can kind of wear down faith. Yeah. I mean, this is what like real scandal is. Uh, scandal isn't simply just like, oh my goodness, I'm shocked by that. It's this wearing down of the of the faith in the soul that this truth that should be apparent and taught is in many ways like subverted. And I think that can kind of wear someone down after a long time. For example, like when someone first doesn't go to mass and doesn't go to confession and then goes back and receives communion, and they don't experience, they're not struck by lightning or anything. It just starts this kind of wearing down and numbing of the soul. And you grow farther and farther away from God so that you don't care so much about the mass. And then if you don't really care about that, wears down on belief too. So I think it's probably a combination of both of those things. Yeah. I, it's, yeah, it just, and it, it kind of reminds me too that 
about Pope Benedict's point in his letter about the abuse crisis that we have a we need to reemphasize the reality of the Eucharist and not just in um, not just in terms of like teaching but also in practice like around stuff like who can and can't receive communion and and that perhaps we need to be a bit more um, visible in our in our refusal of the Eucharist to people who are obstinately in a state of sin publicly right I think yeah I think mm-hmm. that shows seriousness I mean that's been the practice of the church for like 1950 years so we should probably do what we've done in the past yeah I think that I mean I think we need to look at how we receive communion yeah because well just going up I mean you go up in line and do things all the time in line. You go to the bank, you wait in line. You go to McDonald's, you wait in line. Yeah. And yeah. The, that common way of like receiving, like it, it's it's teaching us something. Signs and symbols yeah. mean something. Yeah. And like nothing in no part of your life do you kneel at an altar rail before something that you know is holy and receive on the tongue. Exactly. Like that's something that's radically different. That it'll make you feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. It'll be different. I think that's important. Mm-hmm. Um, now, obviously, I, I mentioned I think about like, you know, obviously not everyone can kneel. I have a parish full of old people. If they kneel, they would never get back up again. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> there are still things that need to be. It's just we're so afraid of hurting people's feelings, and I am not the kind of person who, who I'm very sensitive to that because. It's very easy to be like, Jesus wasn't nice, so I'm going to be a jerk about stuff. It's, that's a very self-indulgent way of approaching um, evangelization. I, I really feel like us doing the work, that's a cross that we need to carry. But at the same time, at the same time, we actually have to treat the Eucharist like it's the Eucharist. I think exactly. that's something that we don't do as enough. Well, no, it's interesting. Like I, I, uh, I was a subdeacon once at a solemn high mass, and the people who couldn't kneel, they would stand to receive on the tongue at, at yeah. the place because they can't kneel and that's fine and and I think that's just normal um, yeah so y- you know what oh do you want a lay person not really thought? this is clerically speaking uh, I guess we have to but do you we don't want fine. it but you're gonna do it anyways yeah I am I went to mass for the first time in a um, a church that celebrates I guess the extraordinary form right and but during the weekdays they just do uh, novus ordo ad orientum and so it was the first time i would receive communion on the tongue uh while kneeling i'm like oh i've never i've never knelt at the communion rail so i got real nervous i'm like what if i forget how to and then i caught myself open up my mouth (laughs) that's gonna be fine (laughs) the, the cool part was like it felt like Jesus was coming to me. Does that yeah. make sense? Yes. Yep. It was That's the, the whole thing. You're not going up coolest. to snag some Jesus. Exactly. This is a gift and you receive <laughs> it. You're not like, give me that Jesus. No, that's not how this works. That's not how gifts work. See, even something as it's intuitive. Oh, can I share, can I share a quick story about being nervous about something simple? Okay. Can I just make my quick point? I okay. Fine. Say, fine. Just quickly. And with that, Nick, it's also easier for the priest to put the Eucharist on the tongue. When people are kneeling, True. it's much Right. And the, oh, the only other thing is like, um, uh, it reminded me of scripture. 
when Jesus is walking by and the lady's like, I just have to touch his garment. Yeah. I just, so mm. I just cried. It was awesome. Mm. I'm also Aww. a big baby at mass. It's actually kind of beautiful. Nice. Yeah, the whole like yeah. kneeling to touch the fringe of his cloak and the priest is kind of like Christ mm-hmm. that way. And then I grabbed his cloak and he's like, what are you doing? <laughs> it's scriptural. <laughs> Sorry. What's your story, Father Anthony? Okay. So I had a, uh, a wedding this weekend, lovely wedding. And uh, they uh, were friends with this priest um, from the Diocese of Arlington. So I just can celebrate it. I kind of emceed and helped the guy out, but he was celebrating Mass. It was lovely. Uh, but we were doing the concelebration part. And I was like, oh, good. I can do the concelebration part where I name the bishop. Because he might not know the bishop's name off the top of his head, but I do. But when I got to that part, I got super nervous that I would forget Bishop David Zubik's name. Like, I almost stumbled <laughs> over the name David. Because, like, oh, no, do I remember the bishop's name? Even though I say it at every Mass. So. That's hilarious. <laughs> um, so, do we have Patreon this week? I don't think we do, because I think we're going to do something new now. We are. First year anniversary announcement. Yeah, first year anniversary announcement. So uh, the Patreon pontification thing was a fun idea, but a lot of our patrons either aren't on Twitter or aren't very responsive um, to the Patreon pontification thing. So we're going to do something new. Uh, after every episode, maybe a few days after, uh, we're going to do a like 15-minute podcast with producer Nick, where Nick kind of reviews the podcast with either myself or Father Harrison, maybe both, and Nick can talk about uh, his reactions to the podcast. So we'll have special bonus podcast content for everyone who um donates to patreon and we won't start that this week but we're going to start that soon let's be clear what this really means this means that the lay people have a place at the table this means that the age of clericalism no is not what dead it means, because i still do what you want what it means is that you're going to shave your beard but keep your mustache what? and become a deacon Nick, 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 see, you misinterpret this entirely. You think this is a lady rising up, but you have to remember, this is behind a paywall. So you're just doing what everyone has to do. Pray, pay, and obey. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of clericalism, let's get to presbyteral. What? Presbyteral exhortations? No, No. we're not doing that. We're not doing that. We're doing... What? No, 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 we're going to... What? Because because Nick is because Nick is here. Yeah. So yeah. that means right. it's right. time for that means it's time for pastoral council. <laughs> oh is this the bumper that I that's really offensive? Uh, and now it's time for pastoral council where the laity are empowered to say words. Oh yippee! Opinions. Uh, so, we are at our one-year anniversary, and also, so there's two reasons I, I want to do what we're going to do. Is one is it sounds like we've all been really, really busy, and so probably preparing material for this week's episode would have been really, really tough. But it's also the one-year anniversary, so I thought we'd just maybe, hey, let's 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 do a catching foxes, and let's just talk, reflect on the year of the podcast. What do you mean, uh, catching foxes? I don't listen to them. Uh, so we're going, yeah, very few people do. So I understand that because you only listen to good podcasts. That's right. Um, but uh, the thing with them, the joke with them is that a lot of times they talk about their own podcast as they podcast. Yeah. 
Okay, so if you're someone who's like, I don't want to hear that, it's going to be very interesting and, and hang in there. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, it's been a year. It's been fun. And I don't think people... We, we've kind of spoken a little bit about kind of how this all started, but maybe it might be a good idea how to to kind of go oh, through yeah. a bit of an origin story, perhaps? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah. I've always wanted to know, did you guys talk on the phone before you ever like met to podcast? Like here you are deciding that you have things in common, but like podcasting requires chemistry. Like how many times did you speak and how long, like how many minutes do you think you spoke before you recorded your first podcast? That one Skype interview meeting we had when you were sitting on your porch smoking a cigar and the three of us got together on <laughs> Skype, that was the most we'd ever talked to each other before recording. Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. But you I know, think it was. I think part of it is though, but we had we've interacted a lot on Twitter that we kind of had a sense of who each other was. And I think now we're really used to each other. Like it, it takes time, but I think we've hit a hit a good stride. So um Well, I think yeah. three things happened that made that work. Yeah. Um the meeting we had in October when all you guys came down to Pittsburgh and we right. actually got to hang out in real life in person, yeah. you know, and then uh, the Chicago meeting as well. And also when I got all uppity and snippy with you on Twitter and we got into like a Twitter fight. That's right. I remember that. What was and then about? we had to, yeah, it was about, it was something dumb. It was something about uh, Latin in the mass. I made a and, comment. Uh, I was getting, yeah. Yeah. And I was just like, I don't care about what you think. And uh, it, it was it was kind of funny and kind of cute because like someone DM'd me and was like, you guys need to stop now because I think you're endangering your souls because you're fighting on Twitter. And I thought that was adorable. Um, but it, it, but indeed, I was like, ah, I've been a jackass and I'm cranky with Father Harrison about a bunch of stuff. And so we actually had this really good heart to heart conversation. Mm -hmm. Like, and that I think that having I mean, like DM. that. No, we no, 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 we actually talked. We talked, we talked on the phone. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. Yeah. And that's like a big thing that happens like in friendships, like having like difficulties and getting into a fight and like working it out and being honest and vulnerable about it. I think that made us much more comfortable with each other. I think the podcast has been better since then. We were able to like, you know, there was frustrations, but we didn't tear each other's heads off. We were able to, yeah, to reconcile. I think that was really, really good. Right. So every time I think that's just normal human relationships. Right. That's just that just happens in humanity because we're fallen sinners. So I think I think, yeah, there's been kind of different stages over the podcast that have allowed us to get more and more comfortable with each other. And um, and um, yeah, so that's been really cool. Oh, I think normal human relationships are if you're not making me the best version of me, then I don't need you. And then you never reconcile. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Like, well, I've I've heard a lot of conversations recently in podcast land, or just in, in Catholic speak in general, about uh, community and the importance of community, having friendships. But I think one thing that the conversation often misses is the fact that authentic Christian community means dealing with and loving people that annoy the crap out of you, or even not people who annoy the crap out of you, but like that it's okay to be angry at someone. It's okay to apologize. You could have a, like that, that dynamic, it requires humility and examining yourself and being honest and open with someone. Those are real acts of love. And that's what, that's how community really brings you to holiness. Of course, it's good to have like good friends and supportive people that are easy to be around of. That's important too, but that's not the entirety of Christian community. I think <laughs> often, I think religious have a much deeper sense of this than even diocesan. We get tastes of it here and there. But um, a lot of times I think 
it's a temptation for the lady to kind of idealize community, thinking it's going to be this perfect thing where everyone's happy and we all make each other holier. No, no, you make each other holier because we're we're all broken and we're going to um, annoy each other. And, and that's, that's what yeah, and makes it good. And I think that's the whole point, right, is that you're going to kind of grind up against each other in a way that it brings out your sin, right? But that's not a bad thing. It's that there's a love that undergirds that, that, okay, there are some things in our hearts that we need to work on just internally for ourselves that this conflict has made manifest. And then that actually brings you to a deeper path to holiness, right? It makes you more aware of your actions and how they affect others, et cetera. It, it, that is, that is the way Christian community is always going to work. It's not, it's not saying like conflict, we don't say like conflict's actually a good thing because it means that actually there is a love there that has a trust that says, I'm going to really be myself. And then when I'm really myself, oh, wait, there are parts of myself that really aren't good in my relationships with others, but that's brought out. And then you start to reflect on it, reform on it, et cetera. And I think, I think too, we're able to kind of call each other to account a little bit more because of it, right? Like we're through, through that conversation, we were able to say, oh, do what I was a little, like, I remember I was one time afterwards, I was like, I'm sorry, I was a little monologue today, whatever, right? So, yeah. Oh, wait, I'll say one last thing about that, is that um, that's that's what family life does in a special yeah. way. I know I dunked on the lady a few moments ago, but, like, your relationship with your husband and wife, your relationship with your children, like, and especially, I think, with your children, can you have mm -hmm. those conversations? Um, uh, can a parent have that conversation with a child and, like, apologize and talk about their own vulnerability right. as well in a in a in a healthy way to do yeah. that especially especially as they grow older mm -hmm. um okay yeah. so just to throw it out like you were gonna say something yeah where do you draw the line where's like uh, i just shouldn't be around that person i mean quickly what do you think when i think they're when they're not encouraging you to something better but their own sinful behavior encourages you in sin if that makes sense does that make sense yeah, yeah. I think it's a, like, yeah, like uh, kind of a general direction of their life in the yeah. moment because you, another thing about just friendship and I don't want to uh, equate friendship and community, but they're yeah. related. Um, but uh, there is a certain exclusivity in friendship. The only mm -hmm. reason why you're friends with someone in a certain sense is because you're, you don't have that same relationship with others. Right. And there's circles of that. There are people that I trust with more stuff, people I trust with less, and you have to be prudent about that for sure. Yeah. Uh, you're not called to save everyone and be best friends with everyone that you meet. Mm -hmm. So that's an important uh, you know, point as well. Yeah. So you guys met to do the podcast. You ended up becoming friends. What did you expect out of it? Because right now we have about like five, six thousand uh, listens per podcast, right. and and that's just like in the first like week. Right. Um, we're we're global. I mean, there's people in Australia at anywhere English speaking, right. right? Listen to the podcast. But Australia, Australia isn't a real country either, right. Nick. Well, it's not a real country until Bishop Umbers comes on. Oh, that's true. Wow. <laughs> just just, just saying it. Just saying it. Like, but what did you guys think the podcast was going to be? Because I thought it was going to be really silly and not that many listeners. And that's why I recorded the Suma. Because <laughs> I thought it was, I w frankly, I would have tried harder. So, okay. Let's take a moment. <laughs> I'm going to ignore your first question. And let's talk about the Suma the Tweetologica for yes. a second here. All right. Here. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, it's, it's maybe the biggest lightning rod for our <laughs> podcast. It's the most yeah. iconic part of our podcast. It gets stuck in people's heads. <laughs> It is ridiculous. It is silly. You use your beautiful falsetto voice in it. That is you singing it. If yeah, people don't know, that is producer me. Nick. Um, how did we come up with that? Because we were just chatting in your house. 
Yeah. Uh, oh no. Okay. Uh, Nick. Nick Sens from yeah. Twitter. Yeah. Yep. He was the one who gave us the name. That's right. Uh, for the Summa Tweet Logical, he gave us a few names. Uh, I think he gave us clerically speaking too, didn't he? He did, and I think even presbyteral exhortations. I think like he. Yeah. He. So, we. 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 We need to get him on at some point, just because we owe him for all that yeah. genius. Yeah. So he. Yeah. Nick Sens was a big part of that, and then uh, also to name. Um, uh, Isa from not that uh, uh, what's her Twitter handle now? It's like Skeledoge. Not that. Yeah, Issa. but now it's like Skeledoge. Oh, I, I think they cha- she changed it. But she did the artwork. That's right for our podcast too. Um, so we owe a lot to her. But anyway, so we had that name in our heads, and I was like, Nick, how about we? D-? I think it was me who said, Nick, let's do a chance. And like oh, you immediately yeah. picked up on the idea, and I you're like, so- Oh wait, I know, I know exactly what to do. Yeah, he and up- you did the. Yeah. Sorry, we should actually let Nick tell the story. Yeah, I mean, it's... it's, it's, Oh, yeah, sorry. It's it's a total rip-off. It's a total parody. I'm a huge Weird Al fan, so my brain always works in, like, how can I put different words in a song to be funny? And so um, it's Veni Sancti Spiritus. Which Uh, is a Taze taze prayer? Yeah. Wait, can you say that again, Father Anthony? It's like a Taze prayer? Taze? 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 It's like Taze because... Taze. No, 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 no. It's called Taze because it, no. it loves it. No, no. It get, no, no. It's the call. I'm being very serious, guys. Please respect me in this moment. It's called the Taze prayer because it lulls you into sleep and they have to tase you to wake you up out of it. Oh. But why? if they have to tase you, then why are you calling it Taz? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but the, so, sorry, the, Nick, continue, continue. <laughs> the song goes, Veni Sancti Spiritus. Yeah. And then it's like, Veni Sancti. And, th- and then I'm like, ah, oh, Summa Tweetologica. Same amount of, what, syllables. Yeah. And, and then you, you ad-libbed it, right? Oh, that was the best part. I'm like, oh, what would be something funny on top of here? And I just sang it, and I thought a beautiful falsetto would, would do it. And I record, I record, that was the toughest part. Was um, because you know, there's different types of falsetto voices, right. and I thought that was the most angelic of, of them all. <laughs> Undoubtedly, Anthony's but he's like, Father Anthony's playing video games in the background, busting out laughing, like, Are you serious? <laughs> like, yeah, this will be funny. And, and we, we, but you did it in like 20 minutes, yeah. And yeah, I, and I remember he, I think he texted us the video. <laughs> I, I I I had tears streaming from my eyes. I was laughing so hard. It was it was, a, it was a, it was a piece of it was a piece of of, of beauty. And the best part is is that the parents who listen to this in their car with their kids in it is that the kids get it stuck in their head and keep on singing it. You're welcome, mom and dad. Yeah. You are so, welcome. I mean, there are people who hate the Suma Bumper they and love our podcast. They, yeah. Okay, first of all, yeah. if you hate all the bumpers, all those bumpers are genius, and I love them so yes. much. <laughs> I do, too. I love them so much. They are so funny to me. But um, there are people who, like, will skip, like, will press the skip button twice to get through that bumper. And God bless you for still listening. I appreciate it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so back to, like, Nick's earlier question, he was asking, like, did we think it was going to be what it is or whatever? Oh, and, right, yeah. And I thought, so what happened was when we started this, this was when Father Anthony was just kind of he was playing around with doing like standalone podcasts right like the flu etc like just yeah. you were kind of having fun with that you thought and we both were reading Jordan Peterson's 12 Rules for Life and we both had questions and comments we were discussing it in the priest DM and Father Anthony's like hey hey Harrison we should uh, we should do a podcast on this right and, and he just meant like a standalone thing 
great. Yeah. Just yeah. to discuss the book because it was, you know, Jordan Peterson was getting yeah. big. A yeah. lot of Catholics were reading him. Yeah. We had some problems with it. I yeah. had some things I thought were positive, negative. Like, yeah. How about two normal priests kind of give a a kind of like Jordan Peterson isn't the devil. He's not a saint either. Let's yeah. just talk about the podcast and kind of even ke- talk about it via podcast yeah. in an even keeled kind of way. Right. Yeah. So and I, and at that point, because this is a year, this is just more than a year ago. I think it's about 14 months ago. Like, I think it was probably around June we were starting to talk about this. Sure, yeah. And I said to him, you know, Father Anthony, I think the I think it's a good idea. But I think we have enough of a following on Twitter that people will want more. And that's kind of how the discussion began, right? So we started, that's when we had a, we had a big meeting with, the, with, with Nick. Um, we, you know, like we mentioned on the podcast with Tommy Tai, how his chimney was kind of the inspiration for the Summa, right? This idea, let's, let's engage with people's list with listeners. People like it when they hear their tweets chosen, et cetera. Um, and that's kind of, and it kind of just kind of, it, it grew organically. And I think the cool part was, is that we, we were really trying to talk to people on Twitter about it. Like, we're like, what do you want to see? What do you want to hear? We were getting information. And so we really, like, it wasn't just like a, hey, let's just do this thing and make it up ourselves. I think it was yeah. trying to be as collaborative with our potential audience as possible. And I, I thought it would do well. I didn't think it would do this well. Yeah. I am amazed that people actually listen to us. Yeah. And the coolest part for me, I appreciate anyone who listens and if we can help them out in any way. I particularly like that uh, there are seminarians who listen to us. And I mentioned this before, just because seminary can be such a tough, tough place. And like when, you, when you're in seminary for, for like six to nine years, it's like you're in the middle of the ocean when you get in the middle of seminary. You can't quite remember what it was like to not be a seminarian. You can't quite imagine what it's like to be a priest. And I think... Uh, I think a lot of people appreciate this is that we kind of peel back the curtain a little bit on like our feelings as priests, our thoughts, feelings, desires, what we, we you know talk about. So I think that has been very helpful for people, which is cool. Yeah. yeah. So producer Nick, I got I got a question for you. Let's 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 tear back the curtain a little bit on the behind the scenes. So what's it like for you editing the podcast and and um, and what's been what's what like why do you still do this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have a full time job where I go around making websites at parishes and teaching old secretaries how to use Facebook. And <laughs> that's basically my full-time job. My part-time job is youth ministry. And then I decided to take on another part-time job with uh, Clerically Speaking. And it was slow going because I said, I am willing to edit your podcast, but I'm pretty much going to throw them together. But as uh, with any kind of editing and all my audio editors out there, all my video editors, you'll know what I mean when I say like, you start to get good at it and start to get fast at it. So I kept on saying to you guys, I don't mind taking on more. I don't take on, I don't mind taking on more. I don't mind taking on more. Now I, I love, I really love social media. I love watching how people react. It's all about engagement. Um, and so, uh, working a little bit more in that is a bunch of fun. It's like, if I could do anything I want with, um, my own production, uh, I can with this. So it's a lot of fun. It's actually, uh, why do I do it? I like you guys. Our listeners seem to get a lot out of it. Your content's good. I learn. So when I'm editing the podcast, I listen to it. And so that's my hour a week when I get to listen to it. The only thing that stinks is sometimes it's like, I'll edit the whole podcast and there's some kind of error. And it's midnight. And it's midnight on 
Thursday night, and, <laughs> and then I get that, I have a, a Mac, so you see the beach ball of death just circling and circling, and you're thinking all kinds of swear words. I'm not thinking them, I'm saying them very loudly, I live alone. And, um, oh man, that's just the worst, you guys. But like, because of uh, your, uh, because of all of our patrons, I'm like, I also like, you guys like the podcast enough to help support me. Uh, oh yeah, because we pay you. Church. Yeah, a just wage. You know, <laughs> I mean, relatively speaking, yeah, for the podcast, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so like, um, it's just all very good. It, it's a joy for me to do it. So Nick, can you think off the top of your head what was your favorite podcast? Episode what four. Your... Oh, what was episode four? Vocations. But the vocations the sermon, one. The sermon, yeah. The sermon yeah. one. Okay, and then uh, uh, why did you like that one? <laughs> Because it got me a girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, we got to tell this story. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Some people know this. So uh, it was early on. We were, I was making jokes about the fact that you were single on the podcast, like several times, right? And I was editing the podcast thinking to myself, I don't have to put that in there, but it's kind of funny and, you know, whatever. Right. <laughs> and then uh, we, we uh, read one of Riley's tweets at Riley McCatholic. And I read her, I, I spelled her, I said her Twitter handle wrong, which I say most people's Twitter handle wrong. I am bad at reading Twitter handles just in general. Um, I'm really good at speaking French, but I'm really bad at reading people's Twitter handles, right? And sure. she like tweeted something like, hey, if you actually say my name right, I'll go on a date with Nick. And I was like, hell yeah, no problem. Easy to do, right? So then we did it. And then Nick, do you, do you want to share what happened yeah, after that? Yeah, so I... As the young kids say, I slid into her DMs, but it sounds gross, so I, I'll just say I DM'd her. And um, I was there. I, I was in with my friend Michael DiGeronimo. He's gonna yeah. mark out because of that. But uh, and we crafted a, a, a DM together. And so uh, I said, "Hey, I'm in Cleveland this weekend. I'm two hours away from Columbus. You want to go on a date tomorrow?" And she said, no, but I'll go on a date with you in a month. Wait, wait, wait. You spent how long crafting that sentence? About, no, it, I, don't, I don't know what it was for sure. <laughs> okay, okay. It was, it, was, it was clever, cool, smooth, suave. She's not here. <laughs> One day you'll have to have her on. <laughs> but, oh, um, for sure, yeah. Uh, but she said, I think she put it off for about a month. You know, and she was a, she was a missionary at the time. So her schedule was like every, she's working every day. Yeah. You know, she's yeah. absolutely like her whole community is super on fire for Jesus. And so they act like it. They live like it. Mm -hmm. um, a month later, skipping the details, uh, we went on a date. And my favorite story to tell, I, I drove out to Columbus. We were going to meet halfway, but my youth minister, Julie, said, oh, you could meet halfway or be a man and travel <laughs> all the way to Columbus and pray for her salvation. <laughs> and I was like, that's amazing. <laughs> I was like, that is Whoa. the best Catholic guilt I've ever heard. <laughs> Catholic guilt is good. Catholic shame, bad. Catholic guilt, inspiring. So yeah. <laughs> um, we, we, we went to a, a distillery and we talked for something like six or seven hours. Oh, wow. Yeah. And the, the way we were joking and laughing at the end because uh, I think we were both nervous that we were going to meet a crazy, weird Twitter person. And we did, right. but we liked each other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I said, I remember saying to her, I'm like, where do you live compared to here? And she's like, about 40 minutes north. And I'm like, well, 10 minutes north, there's a church with Eucharistic adoration, you know, 24 hours. And she goes, oh, you mean uh, Immaculate Conception? And I was like, 
oh my goodness, she's she's perfect. She's great. <laughs> <laughs> she really will pray with me after a first date. This is the coolest. That's awesome. Um, and it's awesome. been good since then. And now awesome. she's uh, moving to Pittsburgh, and you guys are doing good. Yes, she is moving to Pittsburgh. Pray for Riley and uh, in her move. We're moving this weekend. Nice. Wow. That's, that's really exciting. Yeah. All the way from Indiana to Pittsburgh. Okay, follow-up wow. question. What's your least favorite podcast? Oh, oh, without a doubt, the worst episode. Terrible. You went off-brand. You talked about things that people, it just doesn't matter. It was the worst. It was terrible. I hated editing it. I hated every single um. I hate it. Like, because normally it's a joy. I mean it. It's a joy to edit because I like the content that comes out. But let me be clear. It was atrocious. It happens to have the least amount of listens. Out of any of your podcasts. <laughs> it is so bad. It was like the Batman <laughs> Spider-Man BS thing. And oh. nothing. You barely talked about church things. Like this whole podcast is talking about church things. And it sucked. And I hated <laughs> okay. it. Okay, okay, calm down, calm down. Uh you're hurting my feelings. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just glad he chose yours and not mine. Okay. And I, I feel bad because the Batman podcast, I feel like I really dropped the ball on that one. <laughs> Well, that was my fault because you, Paul Harrison, you came prepared. Or my my computer crashed. One of our computers crashed too. Oh, that happened too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. it was just a mess. And like yeah. you didn't talk about Jesus. We talked about Batman. I know. <laughs> Some people like to talk about Batman. Like, sorry, that's a bane voice. Communicate, communicate, communicate. Well, like, uh, like something crashing that kind of happens once a month or something or. You know, big edits or whatever, but man, I just wasn't interested. <laughs> you made that abundantly clear. Thank you. But in you. case I didn't, I thought it sucked. <laughs> um, Nick, uh, another question I want to ask you yeah. is because other people, you, you are, you have a very, you have a good personality. You're talented, yeah. Yeah. Um, and That's, I know people have approached you with the idea of doing a podcast with you, yeah. and you always ask them questions. What's oh, yeah. what's questions for anyone who thinks about starting a podcast? What do you ask them? The first one I ask, it's kind of, I, 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 you know, I know sell it. I very cold face. I'm like, do you mean it? And they, like I say, with a, a not friendly demeanor and they're like, yeah, I think it'd be fun. I'm like, well, what would make it different than the other podcasts? Well, we would talk more about philosophy and then I would, I'll name Pints with Aquinas. Well, we'll be more laid back and two lay people who work for the church. I'm like, well, then you have uh, uh, Catching, Catching foxes. foxes. Well, we'll be actually funny. I'm like, well, that's like. That's like uh, the crunch, but still catching. You know, like I. <laughs> yeah. If you can give me something that's absolutely original, that's not out there on the market, I just I, uh, because I, I sure I've got a personality. I like talking and stuff, and and that's but that's not enough for me. Mm -hmm. Like clerically speaking, is unique in that it's unique in that you talk about things within a sacramental lens, and you're funny, and you talk about tweets. Like you have a gimmick. No one's come to me with a good gimmick. The closest, I think J.D. Flynn um, said he'd be interested in doing one before he did um, CNA Newsroom. And mm -hmm. I think it was just a passing comment. I'm like, that's exciting because I would just be like, I would call that one uh, Golden Retriever Asks Smart Person Question. So I'd be like, oh, so what does this mean, J.D.? And he'd be like, well, this. And I'd be like, oh, and uh, uh, that's cool. So what about this? <laughs> Well, that's how I imagine it go because I, you know, I'm a, I'm a smart dude, but like, uh, man, I have to study up to, to, to get a topic down to teach. It's, it's one right. of my tougher, tougher things, but 
I would love to just do the, play the golden retriever puppy dog as some really <laughs> smart guy just kind of like said these eloquent, beautiful things, and I could be your dumb layperson. Oh, what a, what a combination. Yep, that you could do. Uh, so another self-indulgent question for both Father Harrison and for Producer Nick. Okay, then, what makes us different than Catholic stuff you should know? Now, I haven't I listened have. to them in a long time, uh-huh. but isn't their gimmick the same as ours? No, their no. banter sucks. What? I Take don't like that. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Look, you're wow. the shots the, fired. So I'll, I'll make it better, right? Uh, the podcast wars have begun, folks. <laughs> they don't. They don't. We are not even a blip on their radar. No, but go ahead. True. Yeah. The Pilgrimage to Beauty podcast, life changing. Loved it. Listened to it from time to time. It was like the first time they really exploded on Balthazar. But they'll talk about like renovating a kitchen. I'm like, I'm never gonna see it. With this, I just don't care. <laughs> like, talk about, like, because when you guys talk about, like, a, an interaction in, like, the sacristy, yeah. I'm like, oh, that's the stuff priests go through? That's good banter. That's, like, um, on brand banter. I don't know. I think your banter is better. Cool. And the tweets. The tweets, the tweets are fun. I, I think, too, it's, it's not making us better. It's just different. Like, as I, I actually, I love listening to their podcasts, I, I, um, too. I, I think... Uh, because they have they have so many guys who've been just they already have two guys at least who've been doing like all these advanced studies and stuff I, I do find that they get a little headier which is not a bad thing I love that stuff like that like shoot yeah. that into my veins right but <laughs> but I think for certain audiences it doesn't always work right um, one of the beautiful things for me about this podcast is people saying like how, how they've come to learn to appreciate the mass or how they've come to learn to appreciate prayer or uh, I've they discerned a vocation because of one of our episodes and stuff. And I know that happens for them too. Right. But it's just, I think, um, I think it's, it's a bit of the same. It's a little bit different though. Like I think we have different styles. I think we have different, uh, different objectives. And, um, and I also think what helps for us and where this is where the difference things is. It's not, again, not a bad thing. It's just different. These are all guys who live together. Yeah. Or live near each other. Sure. So I get, I get with the banter thing, like so it can get um, it can kind get of inside, stuff in, yeah, inside baseball stuff for them sometimes. Yeah. And if you listen to them long enough, you kind of get you get the inside baseball, right? Um, I think that it's actually helpful that that Father Anthony's in Pittsburgh and I'm in Port Alberni. Yeah, we uh, we get. I think we get a little inside baseball too with like certain Twitter people that we know. Sure, we can do that. We, yeah. we can do that, but I think at the same time, like. We're not going to be sitting around talking about all these mutuals all the time, which is not, again, not a bad thing. It's just different. Um, we, we, will, we don't talk about those things because we don't have those mutuals. So it forces us to go a different route with, with our discussion and how we want to frame things. Father Harrison, I have a question for you. Okay. And we're cool with going over time on this guy? Sure. If you yeah. are. It's late yeah, for yeah. You. I'm, I'm having a lot of fun. It's a one-year anniversary. Um, so you are a pastor of a parish. Yeah. And like you are the only priest there, and there's not a lot of priests in your diocese, and you're do you're a busy guy. Yeah. And this podcast, it takes a lot of time. It takes time yeah. to record. It takes time mm-hmm. to come up with material and stuff because it's not just we we do try. I mean, we're hit or miss, but we definitely try to prepare something for at least the second half of the podcast. Mm-hmm. How do you justify spending time doing this? Uh, my, the only way I've been able to justify is that this is kind of a hobby for me. So this becomes something I do now 
yes, sometimes we'll record during the day or whatever because this is the one. I think this is where our our biggest obstacle is. It's just time zones. <laughs> yeah, it is. It that is, is our yeah. biggest obstacle. Like getting today together was was tough, right? Because we all had different stuff going on. And when it's four o'clock here, that's great for me. That's not but good for you because at seven you got a meeting or whatever, right? So. But I do think, so sometimes I'll record during the day, but you just kind of try to organize your day. And um, for me, like I actually, I, I almost feel like I need to do this podcast <laughs> because it, it's, uh, what the things I can talk about on here are things I love to talk about. I just can't quite talk about them with my parishioners yet. They're not at a, at a level, like talking about the sacramental worldview is something I'm trying to imbue in them, but in a different way. Here, I can get a little headier here for me, which is nice, and but I can still keep it. I think I have a pretty popular discussion, so it, it's something that rejuvenates me and gives me life uh, to help me. And I think too, hearing the feedback from people, um, hearing and I, I mean, I I put I've put it in the bulletin, but the thing, most of my parishioners don't know what a podcast is. Sure, so, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I I just my justification is it's fun to do, um, and it's not. If it ever got to the point where it would interfere with my necessary duties as a pastor and all my other responsibilities, then we would have to have a serious discussion. Yeah, for sure. But it's not doing that. I mean, the, yeah. the one benefit of where I am is that I'm in a smaller parish. So like today I was sitting in the office for a couple hours. I didn't have any other administration to do that was pressing. So I didn't do it because there's nothing like there's it's summertime too which helps right so but i was like you know what? i don't so i just i i i've yet to find that it actually interrupts i think the only time i feel a little guilty is someone's asking for something but i've scheduled because i have to schedule it out because if i don't schedule it out it's not going to happen so we scheduled out our time for that week to record and then there's different needs coming my way and i'm just like but i if i don't do this now we're not going to record this week so that's the only time i feel a little guilty but i will say this but at the same time this podcast has borne fruit for my parish right we've had podcast listeners who have donated who donated to our um our new cassocks and surpluses for altar servers through the podcast which i yeah i was like super we had like i had like four or five people from the podcast donate which was amazing and i'm really grateful to everyone who did that and so we're going to be ordering those soon so i think in that sense too it's it bears if that if it bears fruit like that for the parish, then that's a good thing. I'm actually doing a service for the parish now, right? So that's the way I kind of think about it. So, what if, yeah, Father Anthony, where do you see? I mean, you've been asking us a lot of questions. Yeah. Um, give me your sort of overarching arc of what it's been like to record every week, to interact with people on Twitter, to. Uh, to record when it's easy, to record when it's hard, and where do you think? You yeah, I think because both with Twitter and this podcast, we've kind of stumbled into it. Mm -hmm. It was it's <laughs> organic both growth, and 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 for some people find it's hard to believe because I have what do I have now? Uh, Eighteen thousand three hundred followers. That like they think that either I have Russian bots or I have like campaigned to get Twitter followers. It just all happened, and it's as baffling to me as is to anyone else. Uh, but with with the because um, I'm just kind of like a whatever. Um, but what that says to me is that it's bearing good fruit. So I try not to stress about where it's going or what's going on. Is it good now? Yes. Is it bearing good fruit? Good. So we'll just keep doing it then. 
Um, and just like Father Harrison said, uh, you know, I love preaching and I love, uh, you know, teaching as well. It's one of my favorite aspects of the priesthood. And this is another form to do it. And I can use a different voice. I don't talk on the podcast like I talk in a homily. It's, it's a very different sort of thing. Um, yeah, I, anyone, anyone who's heard me preach will, will say the same thing. I, I'm not the same person on Twitter that I am at the Mass because those are different things. It's not disingenuous. It's not putting on a mask. It's just um, offering different things for these different forms, expressing myself and my love for the Lord in different ways in different forms. So for this, it's been good for me, just like Father Harrison said, because it's fun to talk about this stuff. It, it's, a, it's helpful for me because just like you would never want to go to a doctor who had never read another medical book or study after he um, became a doctor, like you, want, you would want a priest who's constantly reading, studying, praying, and this podcast has helped with, for that, uh, helped with that for me. Um, I really, really appreciate uh, Father Harrison, like your contributions to the podcast, I learn a lot from what you say, and it has helped my priesthood in a big way. So it's a hobby. I enjoy doing it. It's helped my priesthood personally, and it's another way to kind of live out my priesthood in this neat kind of way. So um, that's and, and if it keeps doing that, then it's good. What happens happens. You know, not every not every podcast needs to be a huge big deal. I think that's that's the problem with some people who go into podcasting or whatever, is that they feel like they need to be the next um, Pints with Aquinas. No, you don't. If you've got an audience that you're serving and you're doing something good and it's small, that's fine. I think far too often people look at the church and the problems and the needs and they think too big. And what God often wants us to do is just kind of act in a very local sort of way. Like if you really want to change the church and help with the scandal, volunteer at your parish Pray a rosary before mass. Do stuff like that. I think you can take that same principle to podcasting. If you can do something good in a small way and it's helpful, then that's good. Don't let it be about anything other than the glory of God. And yeah, it's really fun and really cool when people... I was at TC uh, when, I, when I visited Father Harrison, my seminary. Um, I visited Father Harrison in D.C. And uh, some random dude came up to me and said, hey, I love the podcast. And like, I was like, oh, cool. That's awesome. It's just good to hear. Of course, that's, I, you know, of course I, I enjoy that. And it's helped me con- become uh, friends with people who I normally wouldn't. So I'm very appreciative of all that bonus stuff that comes with it. But what comes down to it, is this serving God? Is this serving neighbor? It seems to be. So mm-hmm. I'm okay with uh, carrying on with it. What, what's your weirdest interaction with someone who knows you from Twitter or knows you from the podcast? And what is the best story you've heard coming out of it? The most fruit, uh, if you will. Uh, we've gotten a lot of people who have been very open to us via our email. Mm-hmm. And hearing some of their stories and either how we've helped in some sort of small way or bigger way is like, wow, wow. It's, it's a testament to how God can work through anything. Like God can bless you through all these kinds of different avenues, even this little podcast. So I really appreciate that. As far as like interactions, I just, I'm just, I am, I am positively tickled when someone mm-hmm. says they know me from Twitter. It's just the silliest thing and yeah. I love it. And it's just like, oh, cool. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm sorry if I blocked you. Uh, I hope things are cool. <laughs> you know? Um, so that kind of stuff is, uh, yeah. it's neat. And I'm, yeah. So for me, it's not like it's not weird. It was just a weird experience for me. And I'm, I'm sorry, I'm forgetting your names right now was uh, I was here at the parish and this lovely couple phoned up uh, my secretary and said, is Father Harris around? We, we're fans of his podcast. We just want to stop and say hi. 
and they're from the interior of BC. They're coming back from Tofino. Uh, I'm remembering your faces right now, but I'm forgetting your names. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's killing me. Um, but anyways, uh, they stopped in just for, we had a great little 10, 15 minute visit before I had to go off to, to, uh, the hospital, but, uh, it was a beautiful encounter. And, um, it was just weird that someone would actually, cause my parish is not easy to access. <laughs> you have to, the main highway to Port Alberni. You're either you don't, you're there's only one highway from. <laughs> you, you have you have to go through a dark forest. You yeah. have to cross a bridge before Over you cross the, the bridge. You, you have to you, no, you, you have, have to answer questions. Ah, oh, you guys ruined my joke. Let me finish my joke. <laughs> you have to cross a bridge before you do that. You have to answer questions three. Okay, yes. I'll continue. Okay, but you actually oh, do have to go through we were a dark waiting forest. For? That's what we were right. waiting for. That's no. a really okay joke. That's it was gonna be good in the monologue. Oh. I'm sorry. Just I'm sorry. cut all that I'm part. I'm sorry. I'm that was good. It was, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I shouldn't. I'm sorry. I got excited because I'm like, yeah, actually, we do have a dark forest you have to drive through. <laughs> it's called sorry, go ahead. Anyways, I'm just not, I'm not uh, a place that you would just stop by, right? I'm not in the city or anything like that, right? So it was just a weird experience, but it was also completely delightful. Um, for me, the, the thing the the positive things that just kind of come like father anthony said like those different emails we get that we're horrible at responding to sometimes um but also just or seeing people talk about things on twitter uh i'm looking forward and hoping for the day that ignatius press will make me a brand ambassador because i seem to be moving a lot of their product (laughs) yes Um, that's true and but like but seeing that people are actually like going out and buying books that we've talked about to say like yeah this is going to help you grow in your faith or appreciate ratzinger more or whatever uh has been like just kind of amazing right and uh and the different interact i mean the different friendships that have grown both through this podcast and through twitter are it's like yeah like our friendship has been something I never would have expected. And now it's like, like we're hoping that we'll have seen each other if this thing in November works out three times this year, right? Which is insane. And I think like our plans are to try to get together a few times every year just to hang out and, and chill and be, and be, be brothers together. Uh, and just the other people I've gotten to meet, the friends and stuff like that has just been, I don't know. It's like, I can't, it's weird because like when I was going to DC for my holidays, everyone's like, oh, how do you know this family in DC? I'm like, uh... <laughs> Twitter. People wouldn't understand that, right? Or they wouldn't get it. But it wasn't that wasn't the first time I met them or anything, right? But it was just that's where the friendship and the relationship began. And actually, I think this is actually for me a f- good fruit, a sign that you uh, inter- that social media is doing something good for you, is that it fosters the desire to actually meet the person in real life. Yes. Yes. Right? You you re- start to realize that actually this medium is actually insufficient for for friendship. Um, but it's a starting point, right? And then it leads its desire to want to get to know these people more, right? And that you're gonna you're gonna support airline industry by flying across the continent to go see people, right? The fact that we got together in Pittsburgh in October was a sign that a, a communion was growing. That we felt that the online platform wasn't doing sufficient for us anymore. That's amazing. I think that's a good thing, and I think that's where social media actually has a, a good forum. And uh, and I'm really grateful for it all. I just it's just all weird to me still it's like it's, it's, it's i can't comprehend it because i'm i'm in a small parish in the middle of nowhere <laughs> yeah uh weirdest story i just remember that uh so i was having lunch with my pastor which i do every week and he says hey i got this call that someone was worried 
about you wanting to blow up the moon? <laughs> respond to that so for people who don't know uh a few months ago i think it was father dan who made some tweet about wanting to blow up the moon which is objectively hilarious because one he's actually a rocket scientist but also that he's a catholic priest that wants to blow up the moon i can't explain to you why that's not why that's so funny if you don't understand why it's so funny that a roman catholic priest wants to blow up the moon then we're never gonna be good friends i'll always love you <laughs> I, ho- I hope i see you in heaven one day but we can't be friends unless you think that the idea of a priest wanting to blow up the moon without any explanation is funny that's my sense of humor i love it okay so for i overdid it but for three days I tweeted about blowing up the moon. I had theological arguments for it, philosophical arguments for it, okay? So it was just something that I found incredibly entertaining, very goofy, whatever. But apparently someone Googled me. I'm very Googleable. You know, that's one thing about being a priest. And they, they called the office and were concerned that I was radicalizing young people to want to blow up the moon. Those young people. Yep. And so uh, when the pastor asked me, I said, don't worry, it's some stupid thing from the internet. And he was like, okay, whatever, and totally didn't care. But uh, that was the weirdest. That and the fact that I made a joke about how every good Catholic eats Pop-Tarts on Friday during Lent, which is also funny. Yeah. I got like eight boxes of Pop-Tarts that that Lent. People just sent me Pop-Tarts, and that was also really weird. So I stopped making Pop-Tart jokes because I was like, that's, I mean, it was fun. It was great. But like, uh, okay, that's enough. I kind of wish I could come up with a joke about American Hershey kisses. (laughs) Yeah. That'd be great. Uh, It would be. It it? would be great. Wouldn't it be great? What about you, you, Nick? Oh, yeah. Have you Uh, had any? uh... I've had a couple of weird ones. I, I was visiting Fort Wayne, Indiana, which is real close to the town that Riley grew up in, and we're at the cathedral, and the cathedral has a museum. And I heard those spectacular words that you love to hear in someone else's hometown, which was, which were, are you Nick Sharapa? I was like, <laughs> and Riley was like, I haven't recognized anyone I know, and this is my hometown. That was pretty <laughs> funny. Then at Franciscan University, I had three, I was taking my uh, teens on a Steubenville retreat and on their main campus. And three teens just came up to me singing like, Summa Tweetologica. And I was like, ah, that's so cool. <laughs> um, but, but no, normally after that, it's something like, I love how Father Anthony, blah, blah, blah. They're like, they're like, like, big fans of you or father you know harrison blah 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 blah. i'm like they're talking about it's funny because they'll talk about you like like oh my gosh they're the priests and i'm like yeah they're pretty okay you guys (laughs) yeah they're all right (laughs) yeah so i think that's the funniest yeah Yeah, so so i don't want to get into a whole nother topic but that's maybe a topic for another day because um sometimes people forget that I mean, I'm just a parochial vicar in Western Pennsylvania. I've been mm-hmm. in three years. There are a lot of priests that are way holier and wiser than me, mm-hmm. and um, you can learn a lot more from. I, I sometimes I get worried that people will reach out to priests on Twitter instead of reaching out to their mm-hmm. uh, own priests. And um, I like uh, the other day, someone kind of out of the blue said, "Like, hey, can I meet with you today?" 
and I had a free time and I was able to talk with this person. It was a really good and important conversation. And I was so appreciative that they just reached out to their own priest for this thing. Mm -hmm. And it's other priests appreciate that kind of stuff as well. So don't let something like a podcast or like a, a like just see them as they are. Mm -hmm. They're kind of neat, but there's a danger um, for other people and for us if we start mm -hmm. believing our own hype. I, I kind of ironically play into the hype because I think it's funny, mm -hmm. but to not let that, because we, we see what happens with quote unquote celebrity priests. They mm -hmm. almost always go off the freaking deep end and that's that's not what we're about. So Yeah. You know something? I, Father Anthony looks like he's ready to pass out. Yeah. It's, it's getting to I, that I guess time. My last question to you guys is what do you want to say to your, your fans? What do you want to say to them after a year? Thank you. I uh, really honestly thank you because this has been insane. We're kind of surprised. We know that it, it, we're looking forward to seeing where it goes the next year. Thank you for your patience with us when there are weeks where, you know, it's kind of like a homily. You're going to have those weeks where you're going to have a good homily. There's going to be those <laughs> weeks where you're going to have an amazing homily. You're going to have Batman homilies. <laughs> yeah, indeed. <laughs> so terrible, <but> yeah. <laughs> terrible. But, you know, but uh, we appreciate the support, the love, and everything, and the the positive feedback we've heard. Um, it's only been a year; like it's only been fifty two episodes, and we're looking forward to seeing where it kind of goes from here. Where we're, there's going to be some opportunities, we hope, in the future for kind of like live recordings. But um, and if we're not at seek. In, in 2020 or whatever it is all three of I am us. going to revolt that's all I'm going to say mm -hmm. so those <laughs> in power who are listening because we know you listen yeah or who have the influence <laughs> we know you have the influence mm -hmm. we're going to be at the next seek for sure but, I mean if the crunch can be at seek well exactly <laughs> I mean, I mean they're <laughs> it's a bunch of 20 somethings just yakking into a microphone Right. Anyone right. can do that. Anyone can do that. Uh, yeah. So just to echo that, you know, a big thank you. And it's this is a joy to do. So yeah. it's 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 if you share in that joy in some way, then that's great, and we appreciate that. Yeah. Cool. What about what about you, Nick? Thank you to all the patrons. You know, when you work for the church, you sacrifice your your gifts and talents for a well. Can we call it a a, a company for a second? Mm -hmm. uh, I know it's not, but for a company that doesn't. It just doesn't pay you what you'd make in the secular world. Mm -hmm. And I don't mind that. I really don't. But for all of our patrons who give me this part-time, a very, very small part-time gig, I'm so appreciative. Um, and I know that we get to give the rest of that money to charity too, which is like super duper cool. We'll have an update on that soon. Uh, so thank you. And I think you all are pretty, pretty neat. Aw. Yeah. Well, remember to uh, to like uh, like us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, all those things. Rate us, please leave a review, uh, be, and tell your enemies about the podcast and your friends because Jesus said you must love your enemies, right? So yes, uh, I'm Father Harrison. I'm Father Anthony. I'm producer Nick. Thank you for listening. You can email us at clericallyspeaking at gmail.com and we will see you next week. God bless. Peace. How do I sign off? Pick something like that. Goodbye! <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. <laughs>